0: if you could just as we uh uh kind of wait and have a lull just invite the holy spirit to speak to you personally and uh in a couple of minutes i'll bring god's word let's just pray if you're at home or listening online just join with us in prayer thank you jesus thank you lord lord Thank you for all that you have done in releasing the fresh life of your spirit amongst us as we worship and praise the name that is above every name. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And I thank you that you're the Word of all beginnings, the God of all beginnings, new beginnings, and that every word from you, can bring something fresh, something new, and something powerful into our lives. And so right now we just say thank you for the scriptures, but Lord, we pray, teach us, Holy Spirit, take the word of God and reveal it to us. I pray that we'd have good soil, that our hearts would be wide open, To receive the the divine seed. That when it's planted in our hearts, it grows to produce a harvest. And so we pray, Lord, that this seed of your word, as it is sown in the preaching, would actually produce a harvest for your glory. And that your people will be blessed and enriched in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to start unusually this morning with um, sharing a dream that God gave me a couple of weeks ago, and one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks today is in dreams, and I'm not one with um, who has many dreams. Okay, so I only have an occasional dream from the Lord. Um, I might dream about a dress in a shop or a, or, or a piece of jewelry, but this is, this is actually significant because it's from the Lord. And Pastor Andrew and I have been praying into this and uh, responding to what the Lord was saying to us uh, through this dream because it is a dream that is to shape us as a people. And God wants to take this, this understanding of what he is saying and actually unpack it and begin today with something um, that is resulting from this dream. Now, before I share um, the dream, I, would, I just want to speak about one person that was involved in the dream. And his name was um, Pastor Colin Urquhart. And for those who are new to the church, um, he was the founder of Kingdom Faith, a great man of God that God used uh, to change, I would think, hundreds of thousands of lives because of his, his vast ministry all over the world through his books and teaching. And um, just over 18 months ago, I would think it was, maybe nearly two years ago, he went to be with the Lord. And... Pastor Andrew and I were, um, I suppose, discipled by him and sent out by him to plant the church here in Taunton. And so he's a significant person in the church you belong to, even if you haven't heard of him. Because he is the founding father and the one who kind of has shaped and trained us to minister, to be ministers of the gospel here in this place to be leaders and in the dream Pastor Andrew and I were in an old um, kind of house on a sofa and we were sitting I think it was a leather sofa I can even think about it it was a leather sofa and we were sitting talking and we were talking about a book that we'd both read and saying how amazing this book was And Pastor Colin just suddenly walked through the door and into the room. And he said, what are you doing? And uh, I said, uh, well, we're just discussing this amazing book. Actually, you'd like it. It's a really good book. It speaks about the Lord and it tells you lots of things. And it's quite interesting. And then I had... Um, a voice speak really loudly from someone who I couldn't see, which was the voice of God. So God's voice suddenly came into that scene with the three of us in this room, and the voice said, "Do not move away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Do not move away from the simplicity." that is in Christ. And straight away, when I woke up, I know where that scripture is. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. Do not move away. Now, this is uh, the uh, New King James translation, but it talks about your mind's being corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ by the serpent who deceived eve now you remember in the garden satan came into this perfect world where god had made everything good there was no sin there were only there was only one restriction everything in the garden was given to man all for the good of adam and eve and the lord just said there's one boundary of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil don't eat All the rest is open for you. And Satan came and started to talk about the fruit of that tree to Eve. And when the serpent spoke to Eve, she cast doubt on the word of God. And then said, because God said, if you eat of it, you will surely die. There will be consequences. There will be a death spiritually, a separation from God. And you will actually end up um, outside of the garden and all the goodness of God. Well, We know the story, Uh, Adam uh, and Eve ate of the fruit. But they were tempted by this suggestion that by increasing your knowledge, you'll be like God. Really an interesting suggestion. By increasing your knowledge, you'll be like God. And in 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians, it says, don't move away or don't let your minds be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. And as we've been praying about this, we've realized how easy it is for us personally And for us as followers of Jesus to make life so complicated that actually we lose Jesus. We've got so much teaching, even spiritual teaching that is good. Amen. And you hear a lot of truth whether it's through the church here or on your favorite podcast on the way to work, or uh, maybe you're a studier of theology. And how many of you know that just by study, you can actually go off Jesus? It's amazing how that can happen. You can increase your knowledge without knowing a person. And 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, and this is what's so important. May the Holy Spirit get into all of our hearts and minds today with this. God who is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Your call, your primary call is into fellowship with Jesus, a person. Not just knowing about quoting scriptures, reading the latest book, hearing the latest podcast from your favorite international star and preacher, but Jesus. And it's so easy to lose Jesus even when you are spiritually sowing. Of think does that really make sense? Yes, it does to me and I hope it does to you. You can actually um, know a lot of word but not know him. Sing a lot of songs but not experience him. You can even know every word I'm going to speak today and quote it yourself. But it can actually mean nothing unless we know him and we're in relationship with a person called into fellowship with his son i don't know if you know how important his son is to god do you remember when the disciples went up the mount of transfiguration he took peter james and john i don't know what the others felt left out i would think but anyway they took he decided just to take the three and he goes up this mountain with those three. And, uh, you know, Jesus suddenly gets changed in front of their eyes. It is a sensational moment. His, uh, his clothes are shining with the brightness of the sun. Imagine that, you being there. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, a bit like Pastor Colin in the dream, in come Elijah <laughs> and in come a Moses, uh, representing the law of God and all the prophets. Important people in the mind of those disciples. Really important people. Significant because God spoke through Moses to the nation and God spoke through the prophets to his people. But you know what God said to these group of disciples who actually said, let's, let's Build on this mountain and not move from here. This is an experience we want to continue for the rest of our lives. And Elijah disappeared. Moses disappeared. And they were left with just Jesus. And then the father spoke and said, This is my beloved son. Hear him. In all your favorite preachers, and even us, the most important person that you can hear, his name is Jesus, and he is the Son of God. And God wants to put all the spotlight. You know what revival is? Jesus Some people can go after revival and miss Jesus. Some people can actually go after just an experience or try and reinvent an experience they've had with God. And actually God gives Jesus is to be the center and the passion of our hearts. He is perfect from every viewpoint. From every, you know, like a diamond. No flaws. Imagine that. Jesus is perfect however you look at him. He's perfect in mercy. He's perfect in love. He's perfect in compassion. He's perfectly righteous. He's perfect in judgment. He's perfect in every way. He's perfect in what he does. He's perfect in what he says. His word is perfect and flawless. He's perfect from every viewpoint. Why would you look at the imperfect? When we can look at the perfect. Coming unto him. The precious. Precious son of God. This is my beloved son. With whom I'm well pleased. And so I suppose. Really to speak into. This word that the Lord is speaking to us about. It's. uh, We need you Lord. Because. Because. We're so used to hearing great messages. But we can get lost with great messages and miss him. And he is what each of us need. Jesus, relationship with him is what we all need most of all. And it's so easy to drift. You know, like a boat that isn't, really determined to stay anchored, if it's left to the tide, it will be lost at sea. So with your relationship with God, all you have to do is nothing, and you'll drift. Hello? All you have to do is put in nothing in your relationship with Jesus, and you will find yourself lost at sea you will end up because we have to resist the drift. Don't move away from Jesus. Don't move away from. And we have to, if we have drifted, know how to get back so that we can come back to the one and the only one who died for us and rose again. To the only one the Father says, I want you to be looking at and listening to my voice. You know, we can assume he's with us in all our plans. And we can all do this. This is sometimes one of the causes of drift. We can be like Mary and Joseph when they left the celebration in Jerusalem and they started to go home. Do you remember the story early on in Luke? And Jesus was about 12 years old, but they left him behind and they didn't even know it. They decided to take the journey and make plans without him. And they went a day's journey. And at some point in that journey, they went, hang on a minute. Have you seen Jesus? We've lost the son of God. What a shock. The thing is, he's never lost. It's us that get lost. In our own agendas, our own plans, our own journeys, the things that we choose to do. But what is good is coming to that place where we all go, hang on a minute. I haven't heard him recently. I haven't had time with him recently. I need to turn around and get back to Jesus. My heart needs to find its home again am i preaching to the converted don't make plans go on a journey and if you have there's a way back you can turn around and stop drifting and stop the journey and come back to jesus we're in days where there is a lot we could do You could get involved with a million projects. We are invited by many people to pay for a million projects. And people get offended with us when we don't get involved with their project. Has anybody ever been offended with you for not doing what they wanted you to do? And... The funny thing is, my Bible says only what he initiates will he see his power in. Will we see his power in? Is it initiated by Jesus or is it initiated by human desire, human agendas, or other people with a good idea that they might have heard God but it's not for you? And Mary and Joseph had lost the initiative because they lost Jesus. And they were taking their own initiative. They put their lives in the hands of a journey. And yet if they had returned, which they did do actually, they came back, found Jesus in the temple, and they went with him. Oh, isn't it important we walk with God, not just come to a meeting? That we're on a walk through life with a real person who was with us always. Another way we drift, another cause of drift, is success. It's a biggie, this one. I think more people leave Jesus and their passion and their sold-out desire to be a follower... Because of success, money, things and more things. Many of us in this room might want lots of houses, a better car, a better job. But sometimes those things that we desire can actually lead us away from Jesus. And we can become so successful that We no longer need Jesus because we're so capable. Backsliders are often doing well on the outside. But on the inside, their heart has left the one that Jesus said, love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength put something in to being my number one yes being number one with him Uh, there's a story and I read this the other day of a Ugandan pastor and it was a few decades ago in the 70s and there was a man called Idi Amin who some of you if you know the history of Uganda He was a dictator, and he caused the slaughter of many, many lives. And this pastor was living in that environment. He actually witnessed the murder of so many people in front of his eyes. He saw horrendous things. But as a a man who knew God, God kept him safe. He knew where to go, when to go, and what to do. So he knew he was led by the Lord, and God protected him. And the only way he could be provided for was to listen to the Lord and do what he said. Anyway, this pastor eventually fled Uganda and went to the United States. And in the States, he was secured a really good job. Well paid for as a pastor, because they pay their pastors in the States huge bucks, a lot of the churches. And uh, the pastor began to get really comfortable with his salary, and his family, and his school, and he had all the stuff that every American has. And he still studied, he still knew the Lord, and he kept uh, serving the Lord, and he realized... It came to a point where he realized something in him had died. And he realized that every group he was involved in, all they would do is talk about the Bible. And they wouldn't talk about experiencing Jesus. Subtle difference. There's a subtle difference crept in. And they would have discussion groups. And they would have all amazing times of you say what you think and I'll say what I think and we say what we think. But he realized it was missing Jesus. And he realized none of them were hearing his voice. It's different to discuss the word in comparison with just hearing his voice see, Jesus, when he was answering the enemy in the wilderness, he said this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know that scripture? You know what that word proceeds mean? The preceding word means the word that the spirit speaks or God speaks to you. That's the rhema word. The Logos is the word of God, the total Bible, the scriptures, which is divine and always unchanging. But God has called you and me into a relationship with his son. And he wants to speak daily into every heart and life. And if we lose that, we will lose the life. That's why we need to find our way back to Jesus, because we can lose that dynamic. You remember when Peter was uh, mending the nets, he'd been all night fishing, and Jesus was teaching the multitudes from his boat. Then Jesus said to him, this is the rhema word. Then Jesus said to him, launch out into the deep for a catch. The most exciting words When you hear Jesus personally, because, you know, you won't be bored with your Christian walk. How many of you have had a wow time recently? It's because you've been hearing and doing what Jesus says. That's wow. Because you'll see the supernatural. If it's just ordinary studying the word without hearing the word, then something happens. You're not hearing the preceding word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of Jesus' mouth was a word that moved all the fish to that place on the Sea of Galilee. Every fish had to respond. Every single one of them had to start swimming towards that place because God had spoken a word. But Peter had to act on that word and the only way you can act on a word is if you hear it because you'll only have faith for what you hear. Every other project will be going fishing for nothing but when faith comes you will launch out on a word from his lips and you will see the fruit of that word. You stop mending your nets, saying how hard life is, and you'll start to see the miraculous. In your parenting, in your relationships, in every aspect of your life, man shall not live by bread alone. Bread, Jesus was meaning, is feeding you. That was the basis of nutrition. And the Word of God feeds you in your spirit. And that is important. The rhema feeds your spirit. God's word spoken, Jesus speaking to you, feeds you. And so many Christians know a lot but are malnourished. Because we're not hearing him. And we've got to get back to Jesus. We've got to get back to relationship with a person. Not just what we know about him. It's important. Knowledge of the word is important. But Jesus said, you search the scriptures, but actually you're missing me. I want you to come to me and I'll give you understanding. I'll open your mind to understand the word. But it's me first, Jesus says. A person and then his word a person and his spoken word I'm going to finish with this in Mark sorry Luke chapter 10 and we'll read through this and then we're going to have some time with Jesus is that okay in this place on the middle floor or online. We're going to have time with him. Now, it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at his feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with so much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, <laughs> love, just the honesty of, of this being in the Bible, somebody telling Jesus what he should do. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, <laughs> I love it, therefore, there's a reason for you telling her what to do. Therefore, tell her to help me. Love it. Just humor. And Jesus answered her and said, times two, Martha, Martha. And whatever your name is, I think he's saying this morning. Raz, Raz. Wendy, Wendy. Sean, Sean. Whoever you are, You're worried and troubled about many things, even spiritual things, even serving me. Hospitality is a tick. Taking responsibility for people who come in your home is a tick. You should. You should feed and serve Jesus. Yes, it's all yes. It's all yes, should be done. All of these things are good and right. Martha was doing what was good and right, but she was doing it without relationship with Jesus. And isn't it easy to do everything without prioritizing one-on-one time with Jesus? Martha, Martha, I can hear his love, his compassion, but his correction he lovingly corrects because if she goes off at this point, we've forever lost a Martha in doing good without hearing God. Doing life and all the things that should be done without hearing. One thing is needed. Next verse, please. But one thing, say one thing. Oh. Simply, Jesus, strip away the complicated. What's needed? One thing. Mary chose it. Mary chose the good part, and that's not going to be taken. In other words, I'm not going to stop her because you want her to help. I'm going to ask you to make a different choice and come. And sit with me. I love that. Don't you love it? Don't you love it that Jesus actually wants time with us? Martha, Martha. You see, Martha is a bit like me, if I could say it. I'm a responsible kind of person. A leader is. I'm responsible for a lot. I... Um, I can see what needs doing. I can see what needs to happen. I can see what's going wrong. I can, I can be task orientated if I'm not careful. Because it's kind of part of my life. And I would suggest to you, it's part of your life too. Because you should be taking care of your home it is important you raise your kids for God. It is important that you give time to your husband or your wife. It is important that you have fun. Is that okay to say? It is important. All of these things are important. But it's not the most important thing. And the priority of your day. The priority of our day, Jesus says, is to begin At his feet, listening to him. I wonder if you could imagine with me talking to Martha before she hopefully changed. I think there'd be tense words. And I think, you know, if you went and met Martha in that moment, knocked on the door and said, have you got any flour? I think she'd have thrown the flour over you. Because she was that stressed out, got so much on her plate, that all she needed was somebody to knock at her door and she was going to have a go. Or imagine talking to Mary after she'd sat at his feet. Knock at the door for some flour. Of course you can come in. In fact, we're just cooking for Jesus. Why didn't, why didn't you just come in? We're, we're really busy, but I just got—I just want to tell you what he said to me. And I want you to say, in fact, while I do this, why don't you go and sit with him? Because I've been so refreshed and so I can work happy. I can take on the responsibility of the home. I can do everything because I've—I've I've actually so, imagine talking to him. She would have had a word in season for those who are weary. Martha would have made you weary. (laughs) And Jesus lived his life like this, didn't he? He says, you've opened my ear to hear as one who's been taught. Jesus didn't even do anything without being led. We are sons of God who are led by the spirit of God we're to be led not driven by the responsibilities of our life we're to be relational people not task orientated people I don't know if that's helping anybody out there but I believe that relationship with Jesus if we drift we become like the manner that stinks and has got worms in that you can't it's never fresh. You're living on yesterday's word, but you never have something fresh that that feeds your soul, sorts your head, directs your life and gives you a word where the supernatural power of God brings everything in to help. And all the fish are in the net and all you did is one cast and it worked. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And I'm not talking about loads of words, one word. And I'm not talking about being lazy either. Being a Christian is a busy, fruitful life. But because He guides, leads, sets you on course and his priorities and his heart softens your heart his spirit will flow through you into effective things you will speak and act differently meeting martha in the workplace my goodness your hard work but meeting mary who goes to work after sitting at his feet, hearing his voice. Oh, my goodness, it's wonderful. I've got another story for you. Then we're going to pray. A man uh, who was an art collector had a son. He and his wife had one child. And it was during the, the war. And his son was enlisted to go and fight in the trenches. And he, as an art collector, he was very wealthy, but this didn't stop his son from having to go to war. Anyway, during the time that his son went off to war, his wife died, and he was on his own. And then he got news one day that his son had died in the trenches. And he lived out his life in solitude, and he uh, was wealthy. He had Rembrandts, and he had Renoirs, and he had uh, Degas, any others you can think of. Uh, and all these artists on the wall, you know, their famous pictures, worth, worth, worth indescribable amount of money. And one day, a man comes and knocks at the door. And he answers the door, and this, young, this man said to him, uh, I've come to see you because I really felt that what I have, uh, you might like. And he said, I was with your son in the trenches. And I sketched him. I did a sketch of him. And I know it's not brilliant, and he didn't know he was talking to an art collector that could actually discern art. And the father took this sketch and went, It looks like my boy. It looks like my son. And they talked a bit, had a cup of tea, and the, the guy went his way. And, you know, that art collector treasured that portrait above all the Rembrandts and all the priceless works of art in his home. And he put it on the mantelpiece and he looked at it every day because it reminded him so much of an expression in his son. And then... Uh, the man died and went to Sotheby's for the sale and all the art was going to be auctioned and all the art collectors, it was a bit like bees around a honeypot, they all came in the room, the Chinese came with their translators sitting at the back uh, with, have you got a phone call here, how much are we going to spend? It was a proper big time auction of all the millionaires and billionaires, they just want a bit of art. To say they could have it on their wall anyway the first up to be sold in this auction was this portrait sketch of his son and all the art collectors in the room went just get on with the real thing I, I you know this this is a waste of time no he said anybody want to bid for this art and he kept on who's going to bid a hundred pounds and eventually a man at the back said, I'll take it. He said, I'll give a hundred pounds for it. I knew the, the father and I'll do it out of a fondness for the family. I knew the family, how he lost his son in war. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that picture because I know the boy. And all the art collectors said, brilliant, brilliant. Now we can get on with the real business of buying all this art. Now there's multi-millions worth of art in that place. And is it the gavel went down? Bang. Deal done, 100 pounds. And he said, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. The auction is over. And all these art collectors start to complain we've only just begun. You haven't, even, you haven't even given us one piece of art that's worth buying. And he said it was the express will of the Father that whoever took the Son got everything. <laughs> whoever takes Jesus, how will he not along with him give us all things? But how can we get on the all things and so miss him? And he is, he is the one you and I have been called into a relationship with. And Mary shows us how in just this little picture of sitting at his feet listening. You see, we're talkers, all of us, because we want God to work in every situation. We pray. And it's important to pray and bring God into everything. But Mary shows us the better way, the best way, and that is to sit. You know, when I'm sitting, I'm just going to go down. I'm not working, I'm resting, I'm in a resting position. But if I'm sitting at his feet, I'm recognizing that he is supreme and accessible. The two things. Not just accessible, he's Lord. So there's humility. Everything about this picture is beautiful expression of how to relate to God. It shows you how to have a great relationship with him. You sit at his feet as a learner as someone being taught it's not someone telling him like Martha worried and troubled and distracted by so much that is pulling her away from the very person who actually came into her house because he wanted to be with her do you know Jesus came into your life because he wants you not just your stuff, not just what you can do. Do you know his heart? The scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you know what his heart's full of? Love for you. Out of the abundance of the heart, he'll speak encouragement. He'll love you. You'll hear words nobody else will say to you. Pastor Andrea shared with me the other day what the Lord calls her, and I'm not going to say it, but I thought, gosh, how intimate. Pastor Colin used to say, the Lord said to him all the time, my dear child, he would hear words that made him feel that he was important to someone, (laughs) loved perfectly by someone. She sat there without condemnation. You know, that awful feeling of I'm never good enough and I'm never clean enough. But you know, his blood cleans us from a bad conscience and presents us holy and blameless in his sight. It was like she recognized that he accepts me As I sit here, he wants me. In fact, he said to Martha, the one who's always got a list for me, just come and receive. See, Martha was saturated by all the troubles, responsibility of life. All the pressures, all the demands of being who she was. But Jesus wanted her saturated with him and saturated with his voice so that she'd leave that place a different person. She sat at his feet and heard. Look, I love my phone. I do. I think it's amazing. I can... I can always be in touch. I remember a time. Does anybody in this room ever remember a time without a phone? Three of us. (laughs) Honestly. Honestly, I used to be on a journey. My car broke down. I I couldn't ring anybody. I'm stuck. So I like phones. I think they're amazing things. I was with somebody recently. Uh, They're so connected. They're on FaceTime. They're in the room talking to you. They're talking to them. They're thinking about scrolling through Instagram next and what's on the news and how's this doing? It's scroll, 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 think, think. It's a bit like Grand Central Station. The mind is so absolutely full. And then then it's like, they're still with you. Well, only a bit of them's with me. And Jesus wants all of you not a bit of you while you scroll. And that's why Mary's picture is so powerful because it's just sitting on your own at his feet, listening to his word. Amazing. Some of us, have drifted we've got so strong in what we can do we've lost sight of jesus or we've got so distracted and troubled and stressed out it's like we need to have a clearing of the fog you know when when you sit with jesus every demon's quiet you sit in your right mind Like the man who's full of legions, I'm not, you know, no Christian's full of a legion of demons, but he can torment your head. But when you sit with him, and and it's having this consciousness when you sit, Lord, you're here. I believe it. Right now, you're here in this place. And right now, I can position myself to hear and just love you. And be loved by you. And I believe this is the simplicity that is in Christ that God's speaking about. We must get back to Jesus. Talk about him more than all the good things he does. Yes, talk about them, but be full of love for Jesus. I remember I'm going to finish this. We knew somebody in, in uh, Italy. And, you know, he was, he was an Italian. He was um, a little man with a big tummy. Like, he, he looked, he, like, he was just, like, cute. He was bald, big, like he'd stand there. Too much pasta. He would just, and um, he would, all he would say He'd say to Pastor Colin, every international minister, he'd come in and he would lead the ministry there. He would say, I'm God's child. Jesus loves me. It's about as far as he ever got. He'd stand up in a meeting and he'd say, I'm God's child. Jesus loves me. You're God's child. Jesus loves you with his great big tummy. And then he'd say, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. It's all about Jesus, I'm God's child, Jesus loves me. Uh, And you go to dinner, I'm God's child, Jesus loves me. And he'd sit there, eat more pasta, and look so happy. Just because he was God's child, and that Jesus loved him. Simply, loving Jesus. Let's stand I'm God's child. Come on, say it. I'm God's child. Jesus loves me. I'm God's child. Jesus loves me. It's wonderful. I've been called, just thank him, I've been called into fellowship with you. I've been called to know you, the one who made The universe, the supreme, way above all others, God. You want to sit with me. How amazing is that? Come on, let's thank him. It's so amazing that he wants to sit with us. That he welcomes us and wants us and doesn't want us distracted. Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by so much one thing strip away everything and come back to the one thing before you do anything come and sit thank you jesus thank you jesus and lord uh, as we stand before you we want to thank you that we chose jesus i think everybody in this room has chosen the son And that you, along with him, have given us all things. But Lord, we don't want to miss out on the one who saved us, who loves us, and who is with us always. We don't want to journey without you. We don't want to take steps without you. Because we know that if we do anything without hearing you, we know we'll end up at, at sea. And so, Jesus, we want to come back to you. We want to come back from our drifting, from our distress, from all our trouble. Thank you that in this place, Lord, you untie heavy burdens. You break the heaviness of our lives as we sit with you. We can just know that you love us. And you've got a good plan. And all the plans of man and all the agendas of other people, it's you and your agenda that we know will work. And so we're coming back. We won't be tempted by the things that Satan wants to draw us away to, the love for other things, the desires, even for knowledge and study. Lord, we draw back right close to you. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if you just sit again and just receive from him. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to KingdomFaithSW.com